Welcome into Buccaneers Insider Live presented by Miller Lite, Casey Phillips, and Scott Smith here. And not only is it Scott Smith, it is Scott Smith's birthday. You didn't tell me you were going to bring that up. You exactly, because I knew if I told you I'd bring it up, you'd be like, oh, don't bring it up. But you're turning 25 you today. You only turned 31. Yeah. You know? So. You know, uh, I'm not going to tell everyone your real age unless you feel like sharing that. Well, you just said I turned 25. And that's what we're just, going with? We'll it. go with that. I, let's just say I've done that twice now. Done that. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> awesome. Well, happy birthday. Thank and you. we actually even already got a happy birthday from uh, Cord. That's the fat value. That's, the, that's Facebook. That's Facebook. Right? And that's what he said. As long as Facebook has your birthday correct, <laughs> happy birthday. So well, Thank you, Cord. Cord, yes. Appreciate it. Which is pretty great. I'm going to see the St. Louis Cardinals play today. So you're very I'm happy. Pretty, that's my second team. Yes, after the Buccaneers, right, yes. I assumed. I was it's, like, if it's not. It's kind of 1A and 1B. Yeah, that's yes. fair. And I think that whenever one pays the bills, they, 1A, <laughs> yeah, 1A, 1A seems yes. to be the spot yes. for them. Fortunately, they can't play each other because, I don't know, it would be tough for me if they were to root. That would be tough. That would but be thankfully, yeah, thankfully your main team isn't also an NFL team that you grew up rooting for. Yes. So, yeah, because that would be tough. Um, all right, so as people get a chance to submit questions, again, if you're watching on Facebook, go make a comment or a question or anything underneath our live video. And if you do, we always love hearing where you're watching from. So as we give people a chance to do that, um, let's just go ahead and start with the, the recent the news. news of the day. The news of the day. Donovan Smith re-signed <coughs> yesterday. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts of what that means yeah. and, and the fact that they were able to get that done in, yeah. long term instead of franchise yeah, I think they I think they kind of worked really hard and really fast right at the end there because I, I'm not sure there was a whole lot of movement on that whole deal until yesterday. Uh, but, you know, that's the power of deadlines. The 4 o'clock deadline to put a franchise tag on. And I honestly expected that that's the route we were going to go. That I, I'd uh, prepare for that thinking they would use that as an you know one of the things a franchise tag can do for you is really extend your negotiating window so you can put the tag on him he doesn't have to sign it right away and then maybe in April or May after you've had some more time to work on it then you get a long-term deal in place but I guess they they uh, accelerated the timetable a little bit there and yeah it's great news you, you know Donovan Smith has started 64 straight games at one of the two or three most important positions on the field, mm -hmm. left tackle. And, uh, you know, one of the things that Jameis Winston needs next year, if he's going to do as well as Bruce Arians believes he will in his fifth year heading into a contract year, is he's going to need protection. And, you know, there's different opinions on how good Donovan is. I know our last staff obviously was high on him, and this new one must be as well because they've done, they've done the film study on every player, and they've, pri they've put their priorities where they were. And, uh, you know, the, the deal with Donovan has always been he's obviously a very talented player, and as his career has gone on, he's grown in consistency. So that's obviously the team believes that he can continue to do that. And to be just to be able to start 64 straight games and really he's missed 30 snaps in his entire four years there is very very valuable especially at such an important position and now you don't have to worry about it again next year you know if you use the franchise tag then you're right back in the same position a year from now so now it's at least two and maybe three years you know if he plays the full contract it's three years and more time to see how he continues to develop I, I just think it was really good news all around and not to slight him we also re-signed linebacker Devante Bond yesterday who would have been a restricted free agent had we just put a tag right. on it. Okay. Kind of just skip that restricted step. Yeah, which is great. All right, uh, and I've seen a few people bringing up uh, Devin White after watching a bunch mm -hmm. of highlights of him. And uh, John says, man, I'm sold on this guy being one of the league's next best backers and a yeah. must-have on the defense. Do you agree? The great thing about having the fifth pick is you're going to get a great player. The, the bad thing about it is you, there's about five or six guys that you want there. You know, I mean, yeah, Devin White would be a fantastic addition to this team, especially if there's going to be a lot of times when the Buccaneers have four linebackers on the field. If we're running some 3-4 looks, which we do expect to see some of that under Todd Bowles, maybe a majority of 3-4, 
Um, you know, that's one more linebacker on the field than we're used to. And there are so many question marks at the linebacker position. You know, Quan is unsigned as of now and is coming back from injury. You have about four guys coming back from injury, like Jack Sitchi and Kendall Beckwith and so on. And then you got other guys in addition to Quan who are free agents, like Darius Taylor and Kevin Mintner and Cameron Lynch. So there's just so many question marks and potentially needing more of them on the field that we've ever had before that taking a linebacker makes a lot of sense. And Devin White looks like he'll be a phenomenal NFL player. But if you take Devin White at five, then you're not getting a pass rusher, an edge rusher in this class. It's the best edge rushing class in, in like 30 years, according to all the right. scouts. You're not getting an, a, maybe another offensive lineman, which is something you really need, or even like a cornerback. All those are needs that the Buccaneers really have, and unfortunately you can only hit one of them in the first round. Right. Which does lead me right into this idea that a lot of people are, are kind of hoping that the Buccaneers find a way to trade down from five with a team that wants to move up for a quarterback like we did last year. And, but the, even then, you're probably not picking up another first-round pick this year. It's probably a second or a second or third. Depending on how far you move, the, obviously the value goes up. So you're going to probably just get one first-round player, and Devin White would be a great, great choice. I just think if I'm prioritizing, I probably want to dip into this incredible class of pass rushers. Okay. Um, Rob asked if you think Jason Light is organizing a trade uh, this year that we know how well that worked with JPP yeah. last year. And so, oh, um, that kind of trade. But he, I think, well, I was going <coughs> to say, I think he is talking about if there are guys currently on the roster that would make good people to trade away yeah. and f for a lot in return. <coughs> but I think just in general, the idea of how likely is a trade this year, we've talked a lot about the idea of whether or not free agency, yeah. you sign big people, how about a trade? Without getting into specifics of which players we're talking about, I think people would figure out other teams were probably aware of which players we'd be likely to trade. And the fact that you're willing and maybe even looking to trade a guy hurts your trade value. It mm -hmm. makes it harder to do so because teams will wait you out and just, right. hey, we don't have to trade for him because we think you're going to let him loose at some point. So I think those kind of deals are difficult to get done. And if they do happen, it'll be relatively minor compensation. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, like, I don't know, I'm just throwing this out there. I know a fifth-round draft pick is important, but it's certainly not what fans are hoping for. They're right. hoping you can trade one of your guys for a first or second-round pick, and that's really, really rare. I mean, is, is Pittsburgh even going to get a first-rounder for Antonio Brown? Right. He's been basically the best receiver, him or Julio Jones, over the last seven or eight years. Right. So <clears throat> that's a hard thing to do. Now, trading for a player, one thing about Jason Light is he clearly is not afraid of the trade option. He's been aggressive with that in the draft especially, but also the JPP trade last year, mm -hmm. which to this point has worked out. Remember when we made the JPP trade last year and we were asked, do we like the deal? And my opinion was, are you going to find a proven pass rusher in the third round of the draft? And you're just almost never going to do that. And so if JPP can provide that, then that's a win of a deal. And, of course, he had 12.5 sacks. Right. There wasn't a single rookie last year that had that many. Bradley Chubb had 12, but otherwise the next – highest guy had like six so you would not have found a double digit sack guy in the draft if you just sat there with that pick so to right. me that's good value but you do have to recognize the other half of that the other side of that coin is you traded for jpp he gave you 12 and a half sacks but he also has a pretty hefty salary and anybody you draft with the draft pick for one thing they probably are going to be around longer they're, they're quite a bit younger and they're also cost controlled for four or five years so that's why trading for a veteran even when he's a good player is a little bit of a double-edged sword, you know what I'm saying? But the way that JP pay, play, paid off last year, if he can do that for a few more years, I already think the trade's a win, but I think it could be an even bigger win. Okay. And, and there's reason to believe, even though every year a player gets older, you have to assume at some point they won't be able to provide you the same level of production. Right. But consider the fact that he had 12 and a half sacks last year, and through the first 12 games was getting almost a sack every single game. 
And then just the injuries piled up. Remember how many injuries JPP was playing through last year? And it was amazing that he played all 16 games, but he was playing through like four different injuries. Right. And he just slowed down at the end of the year, which was to be expected. So there's even reason to be optimistic that he can do even better next year. I know right. it's, I know it's kind of a, it's an aggressive thing to say he'll get more than 12.5 sacks, but it's not all sacks. There's there's pressures and, and right. how you help the other linemen. So uh, I still feel really good about that deal. So that was kind of a long-winded answer to would Jason – be aggressive with trades, and there's certainly his track record would suggest that he would be. Okay. And it's paid off for him. Yeah. In yeah. the draft, too. That's very true. Um, and Kevin said, how close are the Bucks keeping an eye on the AAF for free agency or additions? I'll tell you that they that our pro scouts up there, they make an effort to scout every single league. So, you know, they, they always have kept up on Arena League, uh, the Canadian Football League. So I'm sure they are following it. Um, how closely? Uh, probably moderate, you know. I mean – I don't know if there's a whole lot of really important talent in that league right now. So Okay. Um, Kevin had also asked uh, if we've signed Donovan Smith, uh, does that mean we're going to lose Humphreys? And I guess you could probably ask the same question about Quan of just when we talked about the different yeah. free agents. Now that we know the amount of money that's going towards Donovan, does that give us some insight on how many other guys we might Yeah, I, I would say it's going to be very, very difficult to keep Adam Humphreys just because uh, it, we don't have a lot of cap space. I do think there will be some moves coming up that will create more cap space, but you also have Quan that you have to sign. You also have to create cap space of about $9 million to sign the draft picks that you're going to do. You, you, have, to, you have to allot for that. So – it's tight, and he has probably earned himself a pretty nice contract somewhere. So I know you agree with me that we would love to have Adam Humphreys back. We're still hoping that happens, but we have to acknowledge that it's not going to be easy. Okay. Um, you know, here's, here's the way I put it. At the Combine, Jason Light was talking about how the, their priority was re-signing as many of our guys as possible. So that's good news mm -hmm. in that regard. But he also used the term several times that if you want this – Sometimes you have to sacrifice this. Right. So if we want to make the offense better, we might have to sacrifice something on defense or vice versa. He said, you can have it all. You just can't have it all right now. Right. So the word, he used the word sacrifice, and I think that's, that's the point here. If you're probably not going to be able to get everything that you want, and Adam Humphrey's signing elsewhere is a potentially part of the sacrifice that we don't want to make but might happen. Right. Okay. Um, Matthew wanted to know if there are certain players that you think the team might target in the draft uh, for right guard. Well, I'm sure there are. <laughs> How about we go with maybe what round do you what yeah. rounds do you feel like I that could, could really be? see us doing an offensive lineman in the second round. That's a really good spot to get a especially a guard, not a tackle. And some of these some of these tackles, some of these higher rated prospects that you read about, like your Dalton Risners and guys like that, are also considered potential uh, guards. Right. Even Juwan Taylor, who might go in the top 10 or 15, the Florida guy, mm -hmm. and has been mocked to us quite a bit. You see him um, at the Combine. He was asked – he says, I feel like I'm a tackle, but, I, you know, I'll play wherever they – actually, this was this – was, um, this wasn't Juwan Taylor. This was the Alabama guy, Jonah Williams, mm -hmm. who was saying – who's another potential top 10 guy uh, and who's been mocked to the Buccaneers. He was saying, I, I think I'm a tackle, but I want to be on the field, so I'll play wherever they put me. So if, if I go to a team that already has a guy they want to keep a left tackle and they want me to play guard, then I'll play guard. So a lot of these tackles that you see in these mock drafts, your Cody Fords, your Dalton Risners, your Andre Dillards, could also potentially begin their career at guard, 
which is a nice option for the Buccaneers because when you think about you got Donovan Smith locked in for a few years now, but um, Demar Dotson, who we love and has a great had had a great career here, is getting up there. Mm-hmm. So at some point you're going to be looking to replace him. So you could get a guy that you plug in at guard now, but you may be grooming for tackle later. But That's a great I point. think if you get a defensive player um, in the first round, uh, the second round would be a great spot to pick up an offensive line. Okay, Nick said, um, where do you think we stand with running back right now in terms of who's already on the team yeah. and then where we might make it? I was intrigued to hear at the Combine that Bruce Arians is really high on Peyton Barber. He thinks he's, uh, he says he's the guy that when he looked on film was better than he anticipated. So he likes Peyton Barber. Jason Light seems to be feeling pretty strongly that Ronald Jones is going to have that breakout year after really kind of a lost rookie season. So if they're right about those two things, we'll have to wait and see, then you got a nice start there. But I can still see some additions to that position. And you have Andre Ellington now who could be a third down back, but he wasn't in the league last year, so you might be looking for another option at that spot as well. Okay. Uh, I like this question. Anthony uh, said he's watching from California, and he says, what has you guys the most excited as you've interacted with Coach Arians? Well, I'll say this. I think that um, one of the things isn't just from my interactions with him. It's it's from talking to other people about him. I think I might have mentioned one time that I, I just happened to be talking to John Lynch, and I'm not trying to drop a name here or anything, but I was talking about him something else, and he was raving about our coaching staff. For everybody that you run into that's worked with Bruce before, I ran into several people at the Combine that worked for teams he's been on before, raves about him. And... Um, what I see in him and his staff is they really do seem to be very, very unified. And you know how he always talks about one team, one goal. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to say that, but that's a that's an atmosphere that you have to create. And um, I think he's already got it, you know, because he brought in mostly guys that he already has done that with before. So I think just the cohesiveness of the staff is probably where I would go. How about you? I would agree with that. Yeah, I would have said something along the lines <coughs> of the, the loyalty with the staff, too, yeah. that knowing that it is – a true like friendship between all of them and they go back so long and just um, how well they know each other already because when you're trying to turn a team around quickly when you already know each other and, and what you want and the and the tendencies and, and desires and how things will work together that's going to speed up the process yes, instead of exactly. having to learn each other yep. first yep. Um, I also think I really like his the, the thing he says he learned most from Bear Bryant about the whole like coach him hard and hug him later yeah, he likes that saying. yeah he loves that saying and I think players respond well to that, that they really do want to be coached hard and they want that honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And That's Bruce Arians is honest. I mean, yeah. he will he will tell you who he is and what he's going to do and take it or leave it. Yeah. And players like that. They want to know where they stand. And, and He always fouls it up by saying, now, I mean coach them as players. I mean, you've got to respect them as people. And right. he'll talk to them later and go, I'm not saying anything to you. I'm not criticizing you. I'm coaching you. Mm-hmm. I love you as a person. Yeah, I'm and I think that's what all players really want. They want to be the best version of themselves and also know the coach cares because if, if you're only yelling and screaming at them they don't think you care, eventually that's going to be tuned out. Even if you're saying some good football stuff, they got to know that you yeah. care about them as well. You know, one more very specific thing that I'm very encouraged by too is, you know, it's called the quarterback whisperer, right? And we really hope he can bring the best out of Jameis Winston. Somebody asked him about Jameis's not optimal performance on throwing beat balls. Mm-hmm. And he didn't just say, we got to get better at that. He had a lot of very specific reasons why Jameis hasn't been as good at deep balls. And there were things that I can tell that he believes he can fix. So great. it's not just hoping that Jameis gets better at deep balls. It's yeah. specific steps to get him better at deep balls. And if you add accurate deep throws to what Jameis can already do, mm-hmm. that's going to be a really good quarterback. That's great. I love hearing that. We'll close on this one. Uh, we, I've seen a few different people asking about uh, potential safeties in free agency and who might fit here. And I know mm-hmm. we have to be careful with talking about guys when it isn't technically They're not free agents free yet, agents so we're really yet. not supposed to really discuss deeply. I mean, you know the names that are out there. I mean, 
guys that could become free agents. We're not going to discuss them specifically, but I'm sure people are talking about Tyron Matthew, Line, Landon Collins in, in New York. So if they become free agents, would they be targets for the Buccaneers? That's certainly – I'd love to have either one of those guys. Um, but, again, we have to talk about the salary cap and how much are the Bucks actually going to be able to do in free agency. This is the first year that Jason Light's gone into free agency without a pretty good – chunk of cap space right so it's going to be a different sort of approach to free agency so i gotta believe we'll sign a couple guys but you really can't expect to get a ton of high dollar players so okay. it's gonna it's not gonna be easy is the point all right well that's gonna do it for us on this edition of buccaneers insider live happy birthday again thank scott thank and thanks to all of you who wished him happy birthday on here Appreciate i'll make sure it. to show him all these comments <laughs> in a little you. bit as well and uh, thanks again for joining us and we'll be right back here next week with another edition of buccaneers insider live